my loves, and welcome back to Love, Sex, and Magic. Oh my goodness, today's episode I have been so looking forward to. This is our most requested guest on the show. It is my beautiful, incredible teacher, soulmate, lover, partner, Rick William, and he is a trauma-informed coach, he's a breathwork facilitator, he's starting to work with men now, helping them find their purpose. He's been on the most incredible journey of different careers, different breakthroughs, he's been on this spiritual healing journey his whole life, um, and I'm just so excited for you to finally really hear his story and all of the different um, pivotal moments in his life and what it's really taught him. So he's going to share so much today about his journey, about psychedelics and plant medicine and the, the role that that has played in his life and why he's so passionate now about sharing that with others. So get yourself comfortable. This is a really juicy episode. Welcome to the podcast, babe. So I just want to start by saying I love you so deeply. I'm grateful have you in my life, to know you, and it's a real honor to have you on this show. You've been such a key part in creating this show and helping me put it all together, so it's really, really amazing to have you here, sat opposite me, and for the last almost four years that I've known you, you've just been such a, such a light in my life, such a teacher, such a inspiration for me and you've just brought so much love and magic into my life and it just means so much to get to share that with my listeners. I'm really grateful for you being here. Thank you, babe. The journey for the past four years with you has been has been amazing. Just how much we've grown and how much you've grown and just in in every single way possible. It's been it's been quite the journey, and I feel like it's just beginning. So, yeah, really grateful to be here today. So obviously I know all about your journey, the ins and outs, the behind the scenes, the pivots that you've made, the different challenges you've overcome. I'd love if you could take us back and share, like what was the biggest, like what was the first turning point in your life? Because I know that you had your spiritual awakening at quite a young age. Can you take us back and share that? Absolutely. Yeah, so to rewind in time a little bit, I have to go back to, it was 2009, might've been earlier, 2008. And I was 19 and I was living in a house with a death metal band in the East End of Newcastle and I was working in a call center at the time and my life just wasn't, it wasn't what I knew it could be. I wasn't in a good space. If I was to look back now, I could see that I was you know, struggling with d depression and I was using drugs, um, pretty much anything I could get my hands on most days of the week just to be able to, to survive, just to be able to feel something. and there was um, an experience that I had when I was, yeah, I was 19 and we were basically having a party and someone offered me some LSD and I'll contextualize this for everyone listening. Um, and I didn't know anything about psychedelics at the time. And I basically just had the most profound experience. And that night I sat on the sofa and I just saw my life basically uh, it was like a, it was like that judgment day type thing. I saw my whole life flash basically before my eyes. Um, memories were just like flooding in. It was projected on a screen in front of me, hearing just like voices, things I'd said that it upset people, just how I was showing up in life. And I basically thought in, in that moment that that was it, that I'd basically, I'd, I died. This was my last moment. I was at like heavens or hell's door. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't quite know where I was. And I basically set my eyes to rest that night. And I thought, this is it. Like, I was like, just letting go, like, okay, this was my life. And 
I've, I've obviously taken something that is, you know, that has made me pass away. I thought I was in some realm between here and another world. And in that moment, I closed my eyes and I, I like, I, it was like I experienced my death in that moment. And the next thing I knew, I just heard an alarm buzzing, like beep, 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 beep. And I opened my eyes and the sun is just like beaming through this window in front of me. And I've just never, I'd never been so happy to be alive. Like literally I thought like, fuck. I was like, I have a second chance. And I basically woke, woke up, I opened the door. I like probably stepped over someone who was in the, it was in the hallway from the night before, went downstairs and I'm just like, by this point I'm just streaming with tears, just like so happy to be alive. And I was like, fuck, I said, like, God is real. I was like, I was like, God is real. I was like, you know, everything that we've read in, in books, mystical books, religious books, I was like, it's real. I was like, there, there is another world. There is, the divine is real. And I had that realization and people were like, oh, Rick, you've, you know, you've, you've taken too many drugs or this and that. <laughs> um, and yeah, just had this deeply profound experience. And I just knew what to do in that moment. I was like, I need to leave this house and I need to start sorting my life out. And that basically led me to um, starting a business and starting to go to the gym, starting to look after myself a little bit more, to be a little bit more disciplined. I completely stopped taking drugs. So wow. like just in, in one night. So let me get this straight. So just to clarify, you were 19, you were like a hard drug addict at mm. that point, living with a heavy metal band. Yeah. Didn't know what you were doing with your life really. It was just partying and drugs. You take LSD by accident and then you literally have your life flash before your eyes. Mm -hmm. You see that your life is not what you wanted, what you felt like it could have been. And you literally surrender to your own death. And in that moment, you are reborn. Exactly. And you don't want to take drugs anymore. You've completely turned your life around. And this is 19. This is crazy young, like most people. I mean, you grew up in Newcastle. Yeah. Like most people that age, especially like, you know, these small towns in, in England that, you know, well, cities in England that we grew up in, it's like, you're not... You're not having any kind of spiritual breakthroughs. <laughs> you're not like really finding yourself at all until maybe like later in your twenties. Like for a nineteen-year-old drug addict from Newcastle to have that kind of a realization is really profound. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, super profound. And I, I didn't realize. I didn't even realize I was a drug addict. It's only looking back with perspective, knowing those behaviors that I can see clearly. I was a drug addict, mm -hmm. but at the time I didn't identify with being addicted to, to, to substances, but I, I clearly was, I was dependent on them. Um, so yeah, that, that night just changed everything. And I didn't know anything about psychedelics at this time. None of the research that's come out now, like proving how psychedelics works with, you know, mental health, depression, addiction, you know, it's like, there is literally no better, um, better modality out there than, you know, psychedelics, if you look at the studies for what's coming out now to, to deal with those sorts of things. And, you know, I was, I was a living testament to that. And I think that's why I'm so passionate as psychedelics, not as a panacea of all solutions for everything, because I think integration and I think other modalities, tools, coaching, therapy are all necessary. But for me, there is something that I know just deep within me that was so profound that happened that day before I knew anything. So I wasn't set up with any context. It was just that experience happened to be um, just deeply transformative. And I, you know, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for that experience because if that didn't happen, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I'm not saying it to be dramatic, but I don't know if I'd be here or the state that I would be in would be completely unrecognizable to the position that I'm in today. And that was absolutely a pivotal moment I'm so glad that that happened as well. <laughs> yeah. Because you can definitely see that that was like one of the things that really turned your whole life around and made you reborn today. Yeah, it really did. So what happened next? What did you decide to do with this one precious life that I experienced? Yeah, so there wasn't, there, there wasn't more challenges to come because there certainly <laughs> was. But I did the best with what I knew. I created a new vision for my life at that time. And then I started working towards that. 
and I basically wanted to create freedom for myself. So um, I just started reading books. First, it was health and fitness books, bodybuilding books, business books, started tuning into podcasts. And I'm like, right, I'm just going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I would go to the, I would sit on the bus at the back of the bus on my way to my call center and I would just be reading just like whatever I could get my hands on. And what was it about bodybuilding that spoke to you as a 19 year old? I think at this time I hadn't realized that there were, that there was underlying trauma and issues and I didn't know any other way out to solve those problems, mm-hmm. but I knew that I needed some type of um, some type of, some, something that would give me discipline and something that would give me an outlet to express my anger. Even though I wasn't consciously thinking this, looking back with context, I can see that it was a great tool. It still is a great tool, you know, whether it be MMA or lifting something heavy, it's a, it's a great way to, exp, you know, to, to express any underlying anger that you might be holding on to. So it was great. It was almost like a healing modality in and of itself even though I was completely unaware of healing at this time. Yeah. So that's what I thought. I basically said, I need something that's going to give me discipline, something that I can, you know, express the anger or, you know, I, I needed to like get something out. So I just started taking that out on the bar as opposed to into other directions, which formerly was, you know, drugs and me shutting down. This was me moving forward and almost like confronting my life, trying to overcome the challenges. Um, and it was a great tool for that. Yeah, so you're reading all these books, you're getting into like personal development, you're starting to lift weights, and then you decided to take what you knew and turn it into a business. Yeah, so basically I was, I was going to the gym all the time, and this is like pre-influencer. It was like when Twitter was big, Facebook. This is kind of like pre-Instagram. Mm-hmm. And Does anyone remember? Does any- <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and... Yes, some of my photos just started becoming quite popular. Because of the ridiculous, like, shape you were in as a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like, all of that energy that was, that I was, like, holding on to within, I was just, like, channeling into this one thing. So you became a champion bodybuilder since, like, you started working out at 19, and then... It took a few years. A few years later, you are, like... Can you give some context to like what that would, what that looks like? Like how much weight did you, like how much muscle did you put on in that time? Yeah. So, and no, I just want to give some context. In no means was I healthy. I wasn't yeah. doing this in a healthy way. Um, but it was the best that I knew at the time. So I think I was about 160 pounds before I started. And I think when I was competing, I was at about 220, 225 pounds, which is... I think about 16, 16 and a half stone. Um, so, yeah, I was competing in the like heavyweight categories, uh, winning my local uh, competition, and I came second in the nationals yeah. in Great Britain. And I've seen those pictures of you, and it like literally looks like a different human being. Yeah. Like you have, you're so like huge, and with these veins everywhere, and just, but you just. Yeah, it's just, um, it's crazy to see that different version of you and, but you can see like how, how disciplined and like how disciplined you must have been to create that size of a body, that much muscle on your body. Yeah. Well, I think it was, it was a response to me wanting to feel safe and to not go back to the life that I had been living, which was really destructive. So this, this wasn't the the overall path and, and to where it's led me to today, but it was certainly a part of that. You know, I had to channel it in a way and I think that response was was the best response that I knew and I'm, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to go through that path and to prove to myself that I could move away from drugs and I could recreate something of my life, um, both with my body physically and then also with just with business. I, you know, I created a a business which was quite successful in the fitness industry, doing training programs as well. Um, and yeah, it was just, I just proved to myself that I could, that I could create something with my life, that I had agency to move forward in the world. And that was deeply, it's, it's like anchored into me from then on forth to be able to then go on to other things is, 
as that journey unfolded. Yeah, and definitely, like I would say, like you are one of the most hardest working people and the most disciplined people that I've ever met. And also, you're so humble. Like, talk to us more about this business because I know it was huge. Um, I'd love if you could share more about like what this looked like for you, like what your life as an entrepreneur was like as a, as a business owner and a bodybuilder. Mm. You know, you followed this passion for fitness and bodybuilding and you've built a business out of it. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was amazing. Well, for the most part, and until it became not amazing and then it was time for something new. But as it began, it was basically me and my friend in a back bedroom. And I basically had this idea to create a discount company just for health and fitness products. So it was like a niche of discounts and basically just negotiated deals with all, the, all of the top fitness brands to basically be able to pass that discount on. So it was like a, it was a, it basically spoke to everyone who was in the fitness industry because you didn't have to go around looking for discount codes. You could just come to one place and they were literally the best discounts and our team, which became a team would always be making sure like literally every one of our discounts was checked. It was higher than everywhere else online. So basically our customers knew if you came through us, then that would, you would basically get the best discount. So that just basically took off. Um, we were doing social media marketing, working with influencers and that helped blow it up. So this was kind of pre-influencer thing. It was like all a new thing. So that was very cool. And yeah, that, that became a successful business. We had I think about 200,000 members. Um, and we were the biggest affiliates in Europe for most of the fitness brands. Mm. So at what point did that, because that would sound like a dream to most, you know, 19 year olds that get into bodybuilding and mm. fitness. And then this is obviously, you know, you're now in your 20s, early 20s, right? Yeah. So like, that sounds like a dream. When did that become not the dream? Well, I think it's like your soul speaks to you the whole time. So like, as I was on this venture, I had a goal and I was like, okay, if you know, I get the body that I want or that I'm aiming for, if I get you know, the, the, the house, the penthouse and the, you know, the BMW, it was super cliche. <laughs> and um, you know, have a successful business, then I'll be happy. And that will give me the fulfillment that I'm looking for. But obviously I achieved that and there was still a part of me that was just deeply missing. I would be, I would be out in Newcastle and I would have, you know, surrounded by people, but just feel deeply lonely. And I guess that made me begin inquiring at a deeper level. So like, what's going on here? Like I have the things that, you know, quote unquote in Western capitalist society should make me happy, but that's not how I feel. So I started inquiring deeper. I was reading more books at the time and started meditating and, and just started really contemplating like what's going on here what is it that's missing in my life and and that basically led to to me realizing that the the business i had created just wasn't fulfilling for me wow wow so what did you feel was really missing well yeah well what was missing was that my business no matter how much i changed it and i tried to no matter how much I changed it, it was never giving anything back. It wasn't doing anything at a deeper level. It wasn't helping people. You know, there's, you, there's only so much, you can't get any fulfillment really out of giving someone, you know, 10, 20 pounds off the supplement <laughs> order. You know, it just, it just felt like it really lacked something for, for, for what I needed at a deeper level. And I started realizing that, you know, this pursuit wasn't really for the deeper parts of me, it was really to impress other people. Mm. You know, my mum was in the fitness industry, my uncle was in the fitness industry, and I'd realized that this was basically to impress other people. And I impressed other people at the sacrifice of my own soul, because I was trying to be something else, as opposed to being who I truly was, because who I truly was was terrifying, and I didn't have the tools, I didn't have the ability to be able to to navigate that and to head in that direction. And that led me to another pivotal moment where you know, I realized this and then began working on a new vision. Yeah, wow. I feel like so many people are gonna be able to resonate with that, like having, like ticking the boxes that society teaches us to tick, 
you know, climbing the corporate ladder or, you know, earning a million dollars or whatever, whatever number you have in your head or getting married, you know, a lot of women feel this pressure to like get married, have a baby, have a house, like do all the things. And, you know, with, you know, with men, I feel like it's, it's all about work, like build this, build this, build this, build this, then you'll be happy. And I feel like we all have that moment in our life where we have this kind of spiritual crisis of I've done everything that the world's taught me that I should want and that I should do, but there's something deeply missing and there's this this deep spiritual hunger of we don't know how to fill it and that, that starts this new inward journey. Yeah, it's been a beautiful journey. Um, the best journey that I've ever been on in my life. And I've done many things where I've pushed myself to my edge, but finding my edge spiritually, emotionally, that to me is what has created the most space, the most fulfillment. And it's something that I'm still pushing now. You know, I'm still moving deeper and deeper in that direction to, to create, you know, more meaning in my life, to, to, you know, to set bigger goals and to hold a, a bigger container. Yeah. And I completely agree with what you said, just to go back to what you said about, like, I didn't feel like I was really helping people. Mm. Like, I had the exact same experience when I was an actress. Like, I ticked all these boxes and got this amazing, like, acting career. And then I was like, this is what I thought I was supposed to want, but I don't feel like I'm actually helping anyone. Like, I didn't get any... I didn't feel like, oh my God, my soul is so happy. I feel like I'm just giving and just doing something of such purpose, you know? And I didn't really start to feel that until I started actually helping other people. And then I was like, oh, this is what life is actually about, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you realized, oh my God, I'm not really helping people. My life needs to change. I built this huge empire. I've got this penthouse, I've got this car, I've got loads of people that work for me, I'm running this huge team. Like, what did you do with that? Like, how did you start to create change from that place? Because I feel like if people are listening to this, you mm. know, if there's guys listening to this that are in a similar position, yeah. how did you deal with that, like, fear of, like, losing everything you've built mm. while still being able to pursue something new that, and more meaningful? Mm -hmm. It was somewhat challenging, but easy at the same time. I think once you've had that realization, anything that I would do opposite of that would have felt like I was cheating on myself. And I definitely tried to avoid it for some time, but the, the pain just gets deeper and deeper. It's like there are, it's like there's three concentric circles which exist. There's your higher self, there's your current self, and there's your lower self. And the bridge between your higher self and your current self, there is an edge. And you can, you can choose to walk towards that edge yourself. Or if you don't, you start walking towards the edge of your lower self, which is like pain and suffering. And I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to walk the edge where I'm being forced into more suffering. Because no matter how, no matter how much I could imagine and foresee and envision that timeline, that life, there was just, there was just no it led nowhere, no matter how, like I, I try to think of it a hundred different ways and there's no way that that would feel right to me, just in my, my body awareness. How did you navigate that, like mm. wanting to follow something else but having all this responsibility? Mm. Yeah, it was challenging, really challenging. Because, you know, these people had become almost like my friends, my family, worked for them for many years and yeah, it was, it was hard to, to navigate that space and I tried to communicate it the best that I could to the team and the people I worked with. And, but I knew that I had to, I knew that I couldn't stay there. It just wasn't, it just wasn't right for me. So I hired an MD. I hired someone to, to run the company so that I could go off and basically find out what, what was next for me. Great, and like, what, what happened? So you went off, and this was around the time that I met you, I think, right? You started traveling, learning film. Like, when yeah, was it was it on, that It was on route. It was that. on route? Yeah. So when was it that, like, you decided, I want to pursue a career in film, or I want to explore that as a hobby, at least? Well, to rewind time a little bit, the psychedelics came back in again. And I basically remember that I had an amazing transformation when I was younger at 19 and I was like, okay, I'm having this, 
experience again and they were becoming more popular on social media on the internet people were talking about them you know, Tim Ferriss was talking about them Aubrey Marcus was talking about them now what kind of psychedelics are we talking about here psilocybin 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 and ayahuasca so I felt the call to, to, um, yeah, to work with the medicine, to work with the plants again. And basically over the course of six months a year, just having, you know, just amazing, ex deeply healing experiences. That's the only way that I can say it, where it felt like I was letting go and shedding parts of the past and just integrating more into who I really was and who I really am and in one of those experiences I had a, a vision basically it was like you need to go do this and it was basically to create a, a YouTube series and we'd not really filmed anything before and yeah I basically just reached out to all these different people that were kind of inspiring me at the time and reached out to them all and actually I think 100% of people that I asked said yes and me and my brother flew around the world and we interviewed these people it was just an amazing experience and you know got to really network and see how you know just how differently people could live and be in the world and it was really inspiring to me to be able to have a to have that experience and have these conversations and that led you know that was a, that was a huge part of my growth and from that People started asking me to to make videos for them. That's where that came from. Mm -hmm. So then started creating videos for the people because they'd seen what we put together, and that led to you know work that you know I guess is still coming in today from from that experience. It, it you know led me on a really beautiful path. So I'd love to because I think that's around the time that we met mm -hmm. when you were doing your interview series and you were traveling a lot. And mm -hmm. I was living in Bali. Like up to that point, can you just describe a little bit more about like, what was your relationship life like? Were you on a self-love journey? Had you had like different kinds of relationships? So at the time, yeah, I was, I had been in, I knew that I had work to do on my relationships and I knew that I had self-love work to do. And I basically decided to, 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 not see anyone for a year i think so yeah i wasn't seeing it i just deliberately wasn't seeing seeing anyone and wasn't really looking for anyone until this beautiful woman called melissa melissa wells showed up in my life through our now mutual friend jess i was introduced to rick through a very bizarre experience and connected with him stalked him on facebook a little slid into his facebook messenger <laughs> And we developed a friendship. At the time, I was living um, in Bali by myself mm. and was on my own self-love journey, my own kind of, you know, doing this for myself, like, healing journey, working on my relationship stuff as well, not really looking for anyone. In fact, being pretty closed off to anyone deliberately. And um, just remember, like, being completely... Like the first impression or the first thing that I remember about finding you was like this like incredible talent and this incredible energy. And we became friends, friends only really. We were pretty, pretty in the friend zone mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. Maybe like three or four months, we just became friends just chatting, right? It was a beautiful unfolding of our relationship. Just, I think, yeah, first we just, really just connected on a deeper level as as friends and obviously you know you're beautiful but the way I I didn't initially think this is going to be a, a long-term relationship or even a deeper relationship at all I literally thought just you know this woman is amazing she's doing beautiful things in the world and there's just something about you that I, I don't know it's I, I've never had that experience before and we just started speaking at such a deep level. You were obviously doing the work and I was doing the work and we had, yeah, there was just, there was, there was a spark. There was something that just kept unfolding and is still unfolding to, to this day. Yeah, and this was four years ago. 
pretty much. No, almost four years ago. Almost four years ago. So then um, you ended up, well, we had our first date in the UK. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about more relationship stuff in another episode because I want to get back onto your life. Um, but essentially then you flew out to Bali and we ended up living together in Bali for a couple of years. Yeah. So where are you at in that journey? Obviously you're doing different film work, you're doing your interview series. Mm -hmm. What happened next? So yeah, I continued with that path for a while. So I was, I assumed that I was just going to be, you know, doing interview series and doing film work. And that continued for a while, even to us moving to London together, back to London from Bali, which was a whole experience in and of itself. And again, I got to another point. We, you know, we keep having these evolutionary points in our life, which help evolve us to to something new that is ever unfolding, if you're open to it, you know. <laughs> and that happened again, as you know, and yeah, I basically realized that, you know, as much as I had loved helping and working with other people to help them share their messages and to, you know, I was working with different entrepreneurs and healers and speakers and as much as that was great to help other people get their messages out there, there was a part of me that then realized, ah, this was another really clever way of me being able to hide out from actually stepping forward to be able to you know, hold space and create containers to help facilitate work with other people. So I realized that and you know, since then I've been on a, a new path, which has been amazing, and it's still unfolding. You know, training as a trauma-informed coach, uh, breathwork facilitator, as you know, and yeah, and obviously doing other work with you know, uh, authentic relating, and you know, the, just a form of nonviolent communication, which has just been, yeah, all of that kind of this last year has just been absolutely amazing, and deeply, deeply fulfilling and I'm really excited to, for where that's going to lead to. Yeah. I'm just so in awe of you and the way that you live and just how much courage you have to pivot and change directions and be really honest with yourself about, no, this isn't it and, you know, I'm going to pursue this. Everything you pursue, you become so good at. You just do everything with such excellence and I really admire that in you and you know your whole film career which I saw you know a lot of and I got to really experience you on that journey like we've worked together on different projects within my business including obviously this podcast so like I've really experienced like you as a filmmaker and I've seen you work on different short films and feature films in London and you just bring like such magic to your film work so again you had this career where you were like incredible and could have had that really successful career in film and you realized actually like I'm attracting all these different thought leaders and spiritual teachers that I'm filming things for and actually like I want to be doing that instead of being behind the camera right yeah absolutely so like had you had had there always been like an inkling that you wanted to like, the, tell the, us the, about, because like, I know that yeah. you've had a yeah. lot of spiritual experiences, mm -hmm. your whole upbringing, mm -hmm. that when you see now, oh, Rick's now becoming a healer, a spiritual teacher, a trauma-informed coach, a breathwork facilitator, like all these incredible modalities that you're going to be using to heal people, mm -hmm. like really the clues were there in Absolutely. your childhood. Can you talk to everyone yeah, about that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> So yeah, it was just, it was, it was amazing, like deeply, deeply amazing. Like I was, you know, filled with tears realizing that, that I could actually walk this path. And, and I think it just, it stemmed from, yeah, not, not having the love within to believe that I was worthy of walking that path. And it took a long time to get to that point, but yes, underneath there were breadcrumbs. It's like you, your soul whispers. It doesn't speak loudly. It literally it whispers. And I didn't listen to those whispers for a long time. I would resist the whisper. And 
again, if you don't, if you resist the whisper, it eventually gets to a point where, you know, you'll have an intervention of some sorts, or, or, or it will, it will get too tough that you'll begin to realize there's someone else going on here, mm. and that's that's the point when, you know, it's a good time to pivot because you realize, I realize fully, okay, I need to pivot. And there's an author that I really like called Boyd Varty, and he's a lion tracker. And one of the things that he says is, you know, following your path of purpose and meaning is like tracking a lion. So when you're tracking a lion, you don't know where, where it is. You're literally just following the footprints. And yes, you can, you can see something in front of you, but there's also just this, you're, you're following your intuition, your senses, the, the way the wind's blowing. There's, you kind of have to have this intuitive sense and be willing when the information changes to move and change your track. So this was one of those moments where it was like, ah, I see that this is leading nowhere. And it's time for me to, to, ch to, train, to change track. And this track just was you know, illuminated as if there was like a beaming sunlight down it. It was so clear. And it just tied back the threads of my whole life. It just, it made sense in that moment, just boom. Yeah, so this completely made sense. It led a thread back to my childhood where I'd experienced developmental tra trauma over a period from about three to seven. My mum was with um, a really violent man and I saw, heard and experienced things that, you know, a child developing at that age didn't experience. And some of these wounds, you know, they led to me just, you know, feeling a complete lack of love and worthiness myself but I was unaware of this for so long even through my whole bodybuilding career I had a sense because I would use this man uh, as a as an inspiration for the rage that I would take out on the bar literally I would tune into to how much rage I felt and that's what inspired me to lift the weights right but just like I was being inspired to lift the weights I realized at that point when I was having that realization that he was still controlling my life you know, the, the, the boy, the soul, the, the person that I was here to become was to be me, was to show up in the world as myself, as my soul, as my fullest expression. And that being a vehicle to help other people. And I seen it in that moment that that's what it was. The, the thread all made sense. And from that, you know, it's the amazing thing about, you know, trauma work is that when we heal a part of our past, it literally unfolds life in a way that you can't experience. And I wish more people knew about this. I wish in our culture that people understood if you heal a wound from the past, your future life changes completely. You know, more love is allowed in. You're able to connect deeper with other people. And that is the most beautiful thing about life is connecting with other people, sharing, you know, having experience, you know, giving back, and just that, that to me is the beauty of life. Doesn't matter how much you've got, literally, doesn't matter how much you've got, you will meet people, we've met people who have, you know, abundance, you know, absolute abundance, but it means nothing. It means nothing because what is it that we are actually experiencing as life? It's, we're experiencing this moment. Like right now, it's this moment. It's me and you here sharing with anyone who's listening and it's about the feelings that we have. It's about the connections we have. It's about the conversations that we have that spark something, something new. And that to me is what now motivates me. That's what inspires me. And yeah, I feel really honored to be able to, to help people with that work. It's amazing. So amazing. Like how, how did this path unfold for you? Like what was the moment where you realized I'm here to help people heal their trauma. I'm here to help hold space for other men to go on this deep healing journey that's, that people aren't speaking about, that people aren't talking about. Like, what was that breakthrough moment for you where you realized? We met a wonderful woman called Brandy when we were in Los Angeles, and she gave us an invitation to come out to Costa Rica, um, to Rhythmia, which is a plant medicine resort. It's you know, fully medically certified and we had the opportunity to go out there. So, you know, that was like the, the seed, which I think was about six months prior 
And we just thought, ah, oh, no, like some other time, some other time. But it, there was just something again, it's like, there's something beyond this world, you know, like we, we are experiencing right now the five senses. If you're watching this, you're experiencing this through your five senses. But there are other things that are going on in, in this world that we are not perceptive of, that we are not aware of. But there is much more to this experience, this whole universe, than what, what we're perceiving. So this thing came through and it just felt super, yeah, it felt like it was a, it felt like it was a, another call from the plants. And they'd been there for me before, so I, I know that every time that I've been called and I've, I've visited, you know, that world, so to speak, that I've always been guided in a, in a deeper, better direction. You know, they've, they've spoke to me in ways that have really helped shape my path in ways that I literally cannot explain in a podcast episode. But again, I saw who I'd became and I merged back again just with, with my soul and it spoke to me and it was, you know, I saw clearly a vision of the future. What did you see? Yeah, I saw me working with, I saw me working with men. I saw me working with the plants and, you know, helping facilitate similar experiences to what I've experienced for, for others. And also one of the things that I realized on my experience, whether it be um, with a breathwork experience or plant medicine experience, one of the things that I think we miss as a culture that many of the South American cultures have embedded into them is the community. So like if someone gets mentally ill in any of the South American tribes where ayahuasca comes from, one of the things that they do is they say, go see the shaman. And then they go see the shaman and then they come back and they celebrate that person for going on that inward journey. And they're deeply celebrated by the community. But when they come back into the community, they all know what this person has been through and they help support that integration. Mm -hmm. However, what is currently happening in the West is we might be having these super profound experiences, but we have either no community or we go back into our old world and we've got to try and navigate it ourselves. So one of the things that I feel I'm being called to do is to help people integrate that and begin to manifest or create that vision that might have come through or that healing that might be, you know, you've, you've seen something that you have to heal, but there's a process of that. You know, the, the medicine might show you the path, but it doesn't do the work for you. And that's a, it's like a, a Western misconception. We have this idea of doctors, we take a pill and we've got a solution. That's not how this works. It's, yeah. it's work, you know, it takes discipline. It takes practice. And there's other practices that you need too. You know, you've got to be eating well, meditating, you know, breath work. These are all tools that mm. help keep you aligned to whatever vision or healing might have unfolded for you. And, and I really want to be a, a, a person that can help people along that journey that I've, I've walked many times. Because it feels like that's something that was really missing. It's yeah. still missing in, in many ceremonies. I hear so many people coming back and we've been to, you know, integration sessions together with other people. And the people that haven't had the support, whether it be prior to the experience or after the experience, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I've been able to navigate these experiences and, and just whether it be read the books or find the right teachers that have helped me navigate it. But that's something that I think is really missing and something that I wanna, I wanna bring to the world because it's, it's been, you know, pivotal in, you know, me being in this experience with, you know, an absolutely beautiful and amazing partner that looking back, if you looked at who I was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, even five years ago, this would seem completely impossible. Same, babe. Same. <laughs> you know? Going back to what you said about how in these South American cultures, when someone is going through something, they go off to see a shaman, mm -hmm. they have this powerful experience, they come back, they are celebrated. Mm -hmm. This, I also feel like in Western culture, there's still in this old paradigm way of thinking, there's still a lot of shame around people going to therapists or seeking help for things. I think especially for men, yeah. um, I think there's this, there's this um, part of this piece of masculinity that says, 
We're not allowed to ask for help. We're not allowed to seek guidance when we're struggling. And I really feel that, you know, the work that you're being called to do, it sounds like, is to help men overcome that that shame and mm. like really be, be empowered to seek out um, these experiences, whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's breath work, whether it's trauma coaching, any kind of different healing modality, and help them really go further in life and mm. help them get aligned and find their purpose and realize that there's no shame in doing that. It's actually the sign of a strong man. Absolutely. You know, you wouldn't be anywhere near who you are today if you'd not journeys absolutely i think going on this journey is an incredibly masculine thing to do there's certainly a, a feminine element to it the surrender part but that is a we are all made up of masculine and feminine energy and if you are just masculine or just feminine you're out of balance yeah period so but the way that i would explain this to maybe other men or even to other women is if, if there is a challenge or an obstacle in front of you if there is a weight in front of you in the gym and you know that it's there and you're meant to lift it. Would walking away from that weight, would that be, would that be, that would be a, you'd be pushing away from the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. But walking towards it, picking it up, lifting it. And if you can't lift it, you go pick up a smaller weight and eventually you work your way back to it, all right? But the same is when you realize, or even if you're listening to this now and you get a sense, even a subtle sense, that there is something from your past that you're not confronting, at that point, you're, if, if you see that it's there, you get an inkling that and you're walking away from it, there's nothing masculine about that. Hey, my loves, hope you are loving this conversation so far. Just to let you know, we experienced some audio difficulties, so you're going to experience just a shift in the audio. It's not going to be as great quality from here on out, but we wanted to keep it because... It was just such a beautiful conversation. So bear that in mind and enjoy the rest of the episode. There's nothing courageous about that. Obviously, we've come from a, a, a complex history of war and violence, and we haven't had the tools, we haven't had the knowledge to know what to do. So there's been a, a weight there. We've known that there's pain. We've known that there's suffering. We know that people have died. We've saw, you know, our ancestors have we've saw people die in war. And we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. But now we know. So now we can see it. Now we know that it's there. Now we have the tools, we have access to the information. You can no longer do it out of ignorance because you know that it's there. Mm. And you have the tools. You know, the people are there. Yeah. The books are there, the podcasts are there, the therapists are there, the plants are there, the breath works there, the meditation's there. All of the tools are there. Yeah. And Walking towards that is incredibly masculine. Yeah, you know? I completely agree. And it's courageous. It's incredibly courageous. So, like, how would someone listening know? Like, what are the telltale signs mm -hmm. that there are things from their past that they're not confronting, things that they've yeah. put in a box? Because if people have been, like, avoiding this stuff for years... Well, not just years, for generations. Well, for generations. Mm -hmm. But in this person's lifetime, if something has happened or, you know, fragments of memories, mm -hmm. how does that show up in their lives as trauma? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you're a guy, it might be things like um, you might have a temper that just, you know, lashes out and it might be in friends, it might be in traffic, that would be a telltale sign that there's something else going on there. And you might say all that, you might say something like, oh, I wasn't being myself. Or if you get into an argument and your girlfriend says something and that triggers something in you and you shout at her about it and you're not able to hold the space, that again would be a telltale sign. Mm -hmm. But you also might just have low energy. You might have anxiety. You might be drinking too much. You might be smoking, you might be vaping. You might be doing other things that you feel or you have a sense that aren't good for you. Yeah. But you're doing them and, and it's great that you're doing them in a sense that you, you're, you're coping. You know, these are responses, unconscious responses. So like, great job, well done. <laughs> you know, well done for finding something that helps you navigate through life. If you're hearing this now and you've got a sense that something else is going on, now you have the opportunity. With information, we have the opportunity. With awareness, we have opportunity. And that's why, you know, breath work and plant medicine can be so great because it gives you the awareness. Meditation gives you the awareness. But it's then the action steps that you take after that that then lead to the, 
the integration of the transformation. So, okay, so these triggers that you, that men might be experiencing in relationship or at work, things like that, yeah. are they also could they also be signs that this person is not connected to their purpose, connected to a deeper sense of spiritual um, alignment mm -hmm. as well? Like, is there something deeper as well to this? Absolutely. If, well, if you're not connected to the deeper parts of yourself, the chances of you being in alignment are slim. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's these fears and beliefs that we have about connecting with that, which are preventing us from moving forward towards whatever that might be. So, yes, there could be a feeling that you, your work isn't fulfilling, you're not feeling like life has the meaning that you want it to have. They would all be signs, also sort of signs that there is something else there going on. Otherwise, the chances are you would be walking towards that path of purpose and meaning, you know, healing in your own life. And yeah. It's all, it's all, it is all interlinked. And from my experience, I can speak from experience, the more that I have unlocked, the more that I have healed the more that my life has meaning, the mm -hmm. more that my life has abundance, the more that my relationships improve, my connections with other others improve. Yeah. Um, and we've experienced obviously that in our relationship. I've definitely noticed as your partner, you know, we've known each other almost four years and even though you were on a spiritual journey before we met, and you were on a you know, healing journey before we met, since you started really facing your trauma and having the courage to go to those parts of yourself and healing them like healing your past you've i've seen you just like find and connect so much more to your purpose in life more meaning in life and also like as your girlfriend like i've just felt your heart just like open more and just be able to receive more love like Obviously, like we've we've had such a beautiful relationship from the first day, you know, from the very first year that we had together. But since you started doing this work, like I've just noticed your capacity to hold my love has just like expanded, and I've just really felt you open more. Can you speak a little bit about that as well? Well, yeah, I think when. When we allow more light and more love in through going to potentially darker places in ourselves and finding love for that, you know, it's almost like, I think Jung says something like the, the way to the, I'm paraphrasing, but the way to the light is through, you know, through the shadows. And that's where, you know, shadow work and shadow integration comes from. Mm. And that's what healing is. It's going to the darker parts of yourself. And in the doing of that, you actually create more capacity for light. You become more light, your heart opens. And then the container upon which we're having this relationship within expands because my capacity to hold love and connection has expanded. And the more that I've done that, the more I've been able to expand. So, and that's, it's beautiful to be able to hold a new container for us. Um, and you've certainly been an inspiration of that, you know, you've been doing you know, the same work and more, you know, the, yourself. So we've both been on this expansion together and we're able to just to connect at, at deeper levels and hold space and have conversations that I couldn't imagine us having two, three, four years ago. Yeah, it's like we've just grown and evolved and healed so much as individuals and together that it's just, I think when you're doing that, when you have the, you know, the total it's I feel so honored to be on this journey with you and I feel like when you have that when you have a partner that's willing to do the healing work and go into their past and like really unpack what's there your relationship just keeps getting better you know like we you know when you hear like about relationships like gradually like there's so much love in the beginning and then it like gradually fades I feel like we have like the complete opposite Absolutely. I feel like it's just like constantly growing and deepening and expanding yeah. the more work we do so I really feel that this you know this work is a gift for men not uh, well obviously everyone a gift for everyone but specifically you're going to be working with men and it's not just going to help them find their purpose and more meaning, but it's also gonna just expand their relationships to degrees that they maybe aren't even aware of yet. Yeah, that's certainly been my experience. And 
what is the, apart from, you know, life and purpose, why do that? Well, that's to have, you know, connection with other human beings, to see the growth in other human beings, to help other human beings on the planet or whatever that might be for you. Um, it might be through music, through art, through, you know, through your work. It could be more simple forms of just, you know, showing up differently in your work environment so that you become a container for transformation and healing in other people, in a sense, mm. because your container is grown. So no matter where you go, you go, and therefore the transformation naturally occurs around you. And yeah, whether it be purpose or whether it be your relationships, like that is, for me as a man, that is life, is my purpose and my relationships. And to be able to expand those is invaluable. You know, because that is everything. You know, when I confront my death at some point in this life, which I will, and I feel like I've had that experience through, you know, the plant medicine journeys. That's one of the things that it, it gives you. And beautifully, that's, you know, the older cultures, ancient cultures know, knew this, you know, the, whether it be the Egyptians, um, the pyramids of Gaia had a temple which faced the third star in Orion's belt. And... You know, there was the acacia plant which contains DMT which existed in that culture or the Mayan culture in South America there was another temple built and again from that temple if you looked out one of the windows it would point directly at the third star on Orion's belt and what they would say is you would um, both of these cultures known to have psychedelics and spiritual experiences within them, built within them that if you would go there you would, you would reach Orion's belt and then you would fly through the Milky Way, which is called the Journey of Souls, and then you would come back and return to Earth, and you would have confronted your life, who you became, within this life itself, and then you would return and then reintegrate that back into existence. The ancient cultures knew that if you confronted your death in this life, and they're just two examples, there are many other cultures, that have talked about confronting your own death. Which is exactly what you did at 19. Which is exactly what I did at 19, <laughs> without knowing. And I think one of the things that we have missing from our Western culture 2020 is we have lost this part of ourselves. We've lost this part of our culture. It's became lost, and, and maybe it's beginning to find its way back in. Mm. But I think if you look at how we are as a culture, if you look at the depression, if you look at the mental health, if you look at the state of the planet and our disconnection from nature. The loneliness. The loneliness, you know, the despair, the amount of spent, spent time scrolling on technology, the addictions, the smoking, the drinking. The food. The food, you know, it's like, if you cannot look at our culture and see it for what it is, then... Uh, yeah, uh, it's sick. Yeah, our culture is sick and... I think that's clear to see. I think anyone with their eyes open, even partially, <laughs> can sense into all of these things and be like, there's something that's not right, it doesn't sit with us. Yeah. There's something that's off. And I think some of these ancient cultures, which we have the hubris as a Western culture because we think we're scientific, scientifically and technologically advanced, mm -hmm. that we assume that we are more advanced. But yes, we might have new tools, we might have technology, but if we have not learned how to use these vessels, the tools of who we are and what we are as human beings interwoven with nature, then how advanced are we? Exactly. How advanced are we? How advanced could it possibly be if we're disconnected from our very souls? I would say not very advanced at all. You can have all the technology, all of the tools, all of the things that you want, all of the money that you want, but mm -hmm. if you are not connected to who you are, that means nothing. Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so all these technology advances, the 5G, like everything that we're seeing now happening, the AI, like what's it going to do to us as a culture if we're not even connected to ourselves, if we haven't even learned how to, how to be with ourselves, if we haven't even learned like who we are and what we're made of. And I think that just comes from a blindness. It's like man learned how to use fire and he learned that over a long period of time. That was a tool mm -hmm. that helped us be able to you know, create, you know, create light. And from that came tribes and cultures and society. But that happened over a long period of time and we learned how to use that tool. But if you use fire in the wrong way, you burn everything down. And I'm sure many men, many tribes, many women would have made that mistake with that tool. Now we have this technology. I don't think we've 
firstly learn how to use the technology to this level, like we're not able to currently use it. So advancing in that area to me makes no sense if we're not advancing spiritually, if, yeah. if our health is not advancing, if our connection to one another isn't advancing. Mm -hmm. That to me is what has given my life the most meaning. That's to me what lights me up, you know? Yeah. Getting you know, likes on Instagram and more money in the bank, okay, you know, there's a part of that which my ego loves and great. Mm -hmm. But really, it's, yeah. it, it's, it doesn't mean anything that's like deeply profound. It doesn't, emo it doesn't emotionally, you know, grip me in any way. Yeah, and I think you and I can both see a world where nature and technology can coexist in harmony and we yeah. can, you know, have the benefits of technology, but there's just such a deep spiritual hunger and a, just a deep need for healing that needs to happen before we are just accelerating our advances with technology to to points where people are just going to become more depressed, more lonely, more isolated. And it worries me. It really worries me. Like when I think about our future family and the, the world that they're going to be growing up in, like I really hope that the planet wakes up in time and like has the healing that it really needs so that it doesn't get completely in, like so that it doesn't implode into itself with with just these these devices that we just can't handle that just ruin our mental health absolutely i couldn't agree obviously we're on the same page with this and <laughs> we have a similar vision for our future and what we want our children's lives to be and what we want our own lives to be and the type of people that and communities that we want to be around but yeah you know if we can't we can't control technology that exists on a phone we shouldn't be starting to talk about implementing that technology into our own bodies that to me is a crazy idea wild and yeah we were always creating from where we're so it's like wherever we are we're creating from mm -hmm. right so like if the healing work hasn't been done you're just going to keep manifesting the same life over and over and over again mm -hmm. without real change you know nothing's really changing it's just the circumstances of your life are changing when you know you've changed is when you look back at your life and you're like wow like i have i'm almost like a a different person to a sense it's not that that history doesn't exist it does exist but the way that you know my friendships and my relationships show up and, and how i feel on a daily basis has changed that to me is real transformation and then you can begin to start to look at how can we incorporate technology into that to serve that goal to serve like how can we better be better connected with technology how can it help us have deeper relationships how can it help us heal how can it help us connect it's no good having you know however many followers or however many likes if you don't if you don't feel connected that means nothing yeah so it's, the technology is currently just perpetuating mirroring what is actually going on the collective at a larger scale so true so true. So I know we're going to have so many of these conversations now. Uh, well, I hope we are on this podcast. Because there's so many topics that we both feel so passionate about. And I just know that you've got so much more to share than, than what we can fit into one episode. So I'm going to start wrapping this up. But first, I want to ask you the questions that I ask all of my guests. Because be rude not to. So what's one thing that you're loving right now? Good question. Freediving. Mm, yes. I've been really loving. I've been really loving freediving. Um, basically in Mexico, and it's just a totally new thing for me. Wasn't expecting it. And but basically in Mexico, there's these beautiful freshwater um, pools which exist kind of all scattered all over the place, and they're called cenotes, and they're just like crystal clear water absolutely beautiful some of them have got turtles in crocodiles mangroves just surrounded immersed by nature and just yeah just being swimming through some of these and just for some reason i just yeah i just loved kind of going on these little missions and just being absorbed in nature um so yeah it's been yeah free diving has been amazing if it wasn't free diving I would have said the nervous system. Yeah, Rick is a complete geek. I was, I thought that I was a geek, but I would say that you out geek me on certain things. I don't know about that. <laughs> so yeah, completely agree. Freediving is out of this world, magical. Yes. Yeah, wow. Amazing. 
Okay, and what is one thing that turns you on? You. Ah, stop <laughs> it. No. Um, what's one thing that turns me on? Obviously, you turn me on. <laughs> but, yeah, I, just, I, think deep, I think just deep connection. You know, deep connection, deep conversations mm-hmm. that, you know, that we have and, you know, they, they, they light me up, they turn me on. We have plenty of those. We do have plenty of those. Beautiful. And when was the last time you experienced pure magic? It's hard to explain real magic. Mm, yeah, yeah, completely. It's really hard to explain real magic. Yeah. Because I think it exists outside of the normal cognitive framework of our mind. But basically, the other day I had an experience where everything just lined up and I burst out laughing at just how amazing this experience of life is. And it was just one of those, you know, whether you call it a wink from the universe, whether you call it your life just feeling in alignment, however that sits for you. That for me was like a, one of those moments and it felt like pure magic. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, I experience magic every day mm-hmm. with you, with my relationships, with nature. Yeah. Beautiful. And so how can people come and find you if they want to work with you? You know, obviously now you're starting to work with men on helping them heal their trauma, find their purpose. You're also going to be doing breath work a lot more for people. Like, how can people get in touch? Like, what's the best way to come and hang out with you? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to, I'd love to hear from anyone who's listening who, you know, feels called to reach out in any way. Maybe it's something that we've talked about uh, a line for you. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Uh, the handle's I am Rick William. Or if you're already connected to Mel, I'm sure you can click on one of the pictures and just follow, 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 the, link, follow the link through. But yeah, it would be it would be great to connect with anyone who is wanting to go deeper with this work or just wants to say hey. Um, yeah, it'd be great to connect. Babe, this has just been amazing. I love you so much. It's been great. Babe, this yeah, has babe. been amazing. Love you so much. Like. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who's listening. I assume if you're listening to this, you're you're doing the work, you're on the path, you're on the path to more meaning, you're on the path to show up fully to, to who you are in life. So I just want to honor everyone who is listening to this. And, mm. you know, you are already, I, you know, you are already being a change in your own life. You wouldn't be listening to this otherwise. So mm. I just want to acknowledge everyone who's listening. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Speak soon. Hey, my loves. I hope you absolutely loved that episode. It was so special to me. If you did, make sure you hit subscribe, share it on Instagram, tag me and Rick. Hope this was a really great, insightful listen for you, and I'll see you next time.